0: This week on Three Questions by Corey Kareem.
1: Give yourself the grace to just be, to experience the feelings you're feeling,
0: mm.
1: not feel bad about it. Um, don't sit there wallowing it, wallowing in it either. Um, you know, say I'll give myself 15 minutes to say all the negative thoughts and feelings I'm having right now. Mm. After that put your timer on and after those feelings, okay, fifteen minutes is gone, let me try and now be positive. You know, the negative feelings we will have them. And if you have to give yourself two of those or three of those a day, that's okay too. But um, you know, give yourself the grace to go through those feelings and not feel guilty about it.
0: Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, uh, the podcast where we sit down with some amazing people who've done some amazing things or lived through some amazing experiences. And that's right. guessed it. we asked them three questions. In this case, we got about four. Uh, We're going to talk about not about their successes and their highlights, but rather we're going to talk about uh, some of the lessons that they've learned from their experiences, some of their failures that they've gone through. Um, so with that being said, uh, my guest here today is actually a good friend of mine. Good friend of one of uh, my best friends or one of my best guys, anyways, is Mrs. Maya Yat. Did I say that right? I felt like I should have said it, like a middle name in there somewhere, but I don't know your middle name.
1: Uh-huh. Totally fine. It is Lee, but Maya Yat is not
0: fine. Okay, Maya Lee Yat. Okay, awesome. So today we're gonna talk about. Uh, some of the misconceptions about becoming uh, a young mother as in early childhood. And I had a, to give you guys some context where this uh, topic came from. Um, I was over at the Yacht's house. You know, I, I think I'm a frequent guest now. I've been there three times in two weeks, I think. I think Mike's actually getting a little tired of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... um we had some deep conversations. And out of those conversations, we talked about the journey, the pregnancy journey and all that entails. And a lot of what Maya shared with me, I was like, what, huh? I never heard of that. Like, it just sounds like, you know, you have a baby. Yeah, there could be certain complications that happen, but the process that you explained in detail to me was mind blowing. And I just thought this would be a perfect platform to kind of share your perspective. So with that being said, by a welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here to bless us with your presence and your perspective. Uh, so let's get right into it. I'm going to ask you the first question. So, um, you know, when you get married or become a certain age, the question that most family members and elders in our community, um, they always ask, you know, when are you having babies? Now, we know they obviously mean well, but to me, it sometimes sounds pretty transactional. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but as a new mother... What do you believe are some of the misconceptions about becoming a mother? Like, what are some of the things that you've learned that you wish someone told you or talked to you about earlier on? Uh,
1: well, I mean, in terms of getting married, mm-hmm. um, I understand that a lot of people equate marriage with babies. Mm. And so one of the first questions that I think a lot of people should ask is, does a couple even want children? Mm. Oh, getting married does not equal babies getting married might equal babies but is it by way of getting pregnant or is it by way of adoption some Mm -hmm. people don't want to go through that with their own body some people can't and so for me the first thing is don't have that assumption that Mm -hmm. by getting married it actually means that someone wants to have kids i know with mike and i um you know early on in our dating life i had The questions that I asked him and one of those questions well the question that I asked him was where do you see yourself in three years and he said married with you know children obviously it didn't take three years we got married I believe approaching our eight-year anniversary and by that time I had stopped working Now I was starting to travel and I was starting to do some things that I had wanted to do, but never had the opportunity to do. And so while children was something that I wanted and something Mike wanted, I was more in the phase at that point when I stopped working like, oh, after my first trip, this is cool. Freedom. Mm -hmm. When I was there, I extended the trip. And, you know, like, that's just not something that you normally get to do just whenever you feel like doing it. So for me, when I came back, the conversation was, let's hold off on kids. I want to travel. Let's do honeymoon. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Let's do honeymoon. And, you know, so um, it's it's a thing that when I did get pregnant, the conversation with Mike then was now that we have the baby, babes. Because I said to him, I'm like, I was totally comfortable with kind of not having children. I'm sure there would be moments where I would miss having children, but I was getting comfortable. You know, I was just starting to live life. And he was just like, well, why didn't you have a conversation with me about it? Because maybe if he had had a conversation, that would have been like, you Mm -hmm. know, something I was open to at that time. What I said when we were a year into dating and you asked me what my three-year game plan was, now we're eight years in. That plan could have changed, you know? And so for me, again, getting married doesn't equal necessarily having children. And even then, if it, you know, takes a bit of time, then that could change. And not only could it have changed in the sense that maybe I didn't want to actually birth those children myself, but maybe would have been more open to the adoption process or adopting someone who's not a newborn, but a little bit older. So you can kind of bypass some of those newborn, you know, stages. But, One doesn't equal the other.
0: (laughs) No, and I think you hit a very good point because, you know, like you just said, um, sometimes people equate marriage to having children, having babies, uh, because people think of starting a family. So it's a a fair kind of thought process and we get and understand why people do it, but it it might not be the case. Um, Let's talk about some of the things that you learned that you wish someone had, you know, kind of talked to you about before having children like
1: you know i I don't i don't think i learned anything that anybody could have told me about before having them that would have really prepared me for having them right so i'm kind of and and to to be honest i mean my experience with people and talking to them about children is always more of a negative 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 loaded Mm. with a but it's worth it (laughs) which yeah. is not something to kind of look forward to, right? Some are yeah. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to start a business. You're going to through all this, this bad, 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 bad. But then you're going to be a million in the end. You're like, you know, it's not, it's right. not really, um, enticing. However, um, for me, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad. I tried to tune it out as best as I could. Right. And I'm kind of glad that because of COVID and not necessarily being able to be around a bunch of people mm. People reached out to me, you know, by phone calls or text messages or whatever the case may be. But I'm kind of glad that I wasn't um, in the thick of it. And we did have COVID to kind of keep a little bit of separation because all of that other people's experiences could have easily tainted mine. Right. And so I'm glad I kind of went into it knowing that it would be challenging, but still coming out saying like, I didn't know it was going to be as challenging as I.
0: Right. I initially thought it would be. Right. I guess that's kind of like, it's like the gift and the curse, right? If you know too much, like if you knew everything you knew now, you probably, you might not have went through with it all. Right. So it's kind of, what's that saying? Uh, ignorance is bliss. You know, there's a certain advantage to that. And, and so on that note, like, w- what are your thoughts about, I know you, I think you did this to a certain extent. Um, a lot of women that are pregnant do a lot of research, but I also find that could be a little bit of a trap because you could read up on stuff and it gets up into your head like what are your kind of thoughts and going on those mommy blogs and and all those review sites and things of that nature
1: yeah um i definitely got myself in trouble a couple of times with google yes so i would probably discourage that (laughs) ended up in tears calling my midwife and rushing in because you know something was happening or something was not happening and i googled it and google told me like my baby's dying you know <laughs> so right, right. i i definitely you can do too much googling too much internet um i definitely think there is um something golden about our parents generation where mm. there was well there wasn't you know right. you just had a baby you brought them home and you kind of just worked with what yeah. was going on? And if there if you know, if the baby's showing serious signs of distress, then you call your doctor, you bring them to the emergency room now. It's kind of, you know, too much TV time, you don't put your newborn in front of the TV more if you do only two hours, and then you're right. thinking, oh, okay, well, then what if they spend more than two hours at the right. age of like four weeks? Are they going to be dumb? You know, like there really is just, you're inundated with information, too much. And not from doctors, but from a lot of other parents. And it's not to say that their experience is invalid, but right. it's not um, necessarily medical right Uh, advice and so yeah it can be overwhelming and it can make you question the decisions that you're making and make you kind of feel like you're doing a crappy job
0: right and the reason why I bring that up is because I know I don't know how how much you know about like the placebo effect right so that is a real thing right and and actually drug companies actually use it to their advantage they understand that 30 percent of someone getting well has to do with Their belief in the actual drug that they're taking. Mm -hmm. And so while you're going through this pregnancy journey, if you're reading, if you're going down a rabbit hole and you're reading a bunch of negative things, let's just say that that is, that can actually start impacting your pregnancy journey. So it's definitely a gift and a curse because you obviously want to be knowledgeable about the foods that that you put in your body and do everything to make sure that you have a healthy birth. But at the same time, it's a slippery slope um, going very, very slippery.
1: But I would say the same, not even for just internet but again yeah. even speaking with friends right and majority of my friends doing well I know right. they, they weren't saying it to be mean but it was very like oh well you know this or that and you're just like oh so it, you know and and the first thing when I had a midwife and the first thing that the midwife said to me was don't compare your pregnancy with anybody else's
0: Wow. even
1: a second pregnancy for me can be totally different from the first one right and I can experience things with the second one that I never experienced with the first. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you, you really want to be careful with that because, like you said, it can really kind of play some games mentally there and you just not the state that you want to be in, mm-hmm. a constant state of worry when you have not only your well-being, but the well-being of your child.
0: Absolutely. Think so of. speaking of the pregnancy journey, um, I know that you did have. I wouldn't necessarily call it a unique experience, but one that I I feel, at least from my opinion, from what I heard, is not something that's talked about at scale. So Mm -hmm. from your experience from, you know, first trimester to birth, um, like what can can you talk about that a little bit? Because there's some things that you shared that some moms might not know. Again, I'm a guy. I'm not in a mom's club. This might be common <laughs> knowledge. But I think there are some things there that I think you even discovered during the process, like, oh, this happens and this happens. So, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Um, well, I mean, the pregnancy was a surprise. I mean, obviously you plan to have kids mm-hmm. down the road, but when it happened, it was definitely not something that I was expecting. Um, I cried my eyes out because I just I, I thought the first thing I said to my friend was I'm a kid. How can I have a kid? That's exactly how I felt. I was just like that. That's so true. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, yeah, I'm 35. I'm not like, you know, but but I still feel like extremely Mm -hmm. young and there's a lot of stuff that I want to do that I haven't done. Mm -hmm. Um, The first trimester I actually lost weight so in that department it was kind of cool and I had lost weight before I had gotten pregnant so I was as slim as I'd been in years Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I can get used to this This is pretty cool and then Mm -hmm. the tiny little baby bump and I didn't have a lot of nausea thank goodness because my mom with all three of our kids she had nausea from start to finish so I was Mm -hmm. blessed in that regard um but yeah first trimester wasn't too bad second trimester now you start gaining weight um where the the shock came for me was late in the second trimester and then into the third trimester um I started developing um a little bit of incontinence so I was like you know sneeze pee um so you know that wasn't pleasant and not a little bit of pee like pee that would actually like stain not stain but you'd see the wet mark on on the couch or on a chair or something so that was that wasn't cool um then you know everybody talks about um stretch marks and what you can do to prevent them well you can't it's it's a genetic so if my mom mm-hmm. had it more than likely I'm going to experience stretch marks as well um but and 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 a lot of itching on your stomach so I'm going through this process where people are telling me don't scratch your stomach because it's going to contribute to stretch marks and and <laughs> I bought all the oils and I'm not scratching my stomach. And then when I found out that it's actually generic and I can't avoid it, it was so ticked off because yeah. I had two periods where I just wanted to like relieve that itch and I couldn't. Um, right. But that aside where the real discomfort came for me was, um, third trimester mm. and so at that point i'm now developing numbness in my hands numbness in my feet um mm. i am developing my pelvic bone was out of alignment because of the weight of the baby that was causing severe pain if i hadn't been an osteopath i probably would have had to be bedridden um, for the rest of my pregnancy because even something as walking was just extremely painful wow. waking up you know four or five times throughout the night Um, can't sleep on one side too long again like numbness I developed um, carpal tunnel
0: wow is that all those things normal or is that based on like you know genetic history I would
1: would say they are normal um, and it might not be that. All, pre- but it is something that you can easily develop through pregnancy. Uh, oh, the carp- right. carpal tunnel just from pressure on the the nerves and you know things like that. So there are periods of time where I, I my fingers I would bend them and they would just lock. So only these mm. would
0: only stay. So you are throwing out gang signs
1: <laughs> without trying. Yes, <laughs> it's a good thing for COVID. You know, I get myself in trouble if we're out of the house. But um, yeah, it was extremely uncomfortable. The stretch marks. I mean, like, those just went wild, like, you know, and um, what else? Man, I, there's probably a few others that I'm missing. Remind so, Rem- I, refresh my memory.
0: Yeah, no worries. Um, so I think you also... I think it's also important to share that you tried to give a a natural birth as well.
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. I I did. I wanted to have um, so I got a midwife, which Mm -hmm. wives you can have um, at hospitals. But for me, I wanted a home birth. Um, You know, I'd had family who had had home births and their experience was they spoke very highly of it. Um, and so for me, that was my plan. I figured, like, I'm a germaphobe. I don't want to be in a hospital. Um, I want to be in the comfort of my own home, be able to go to my own fridge, line my own bed, you know, watch TV if I want to. And so hospital was kind of definitely last resort for me. Um, and then I did 13 hours of natural labor. Um, mm-hmm. So all was going in the right direction. Um, but I wasn't dilating um, as quickly as they wanted me to. And I was GBS positive, which is a bacteria that you can develop at any point in your pregnancy. But if you develop it within a certain time frame close to delivery, um, they treat you as being positive, even if it goes away. They don't test for it again, and it would require some um, antibiotics. So at that point, um, they, you know, wanted me to do an in clinic um, birth um, for me. I also had low iron throughout my pregnancy, so perhaps dealing with a little bit more loss of blood was also an issue. And so even more, so they wanted me in clinic. Then because I wasn't dilating properly, they brought me to the hospital um, and then they gave me oxytocin to kind of push along the contractions. And because of the oxytocin, the baby's heart rate kept dropping every time they would increase the dosage. So Mm. they ultimately decided that I needed to have a C-section. So
0: from natural birth to C-section. Yeah, yeah. And
1: it had prepared me, you know, it's right. weird at the beginning, I actually thought to myself, I was going to have a C-section. Okay. And, and, and I mean, I don't know if that's to your, that's a testament to what you're saying in terms of like thoughts become things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know why I had that feeling, but I just, I just stuck with the home birth. I, I that's what I wanted. I didn't right. want to have a section, but in my head is just like, watch it end up being that I have a C-section right. and that's so done. But um. Yeah, they they the first thing they tell you is your birth plan is good for just you know having a a layout for like whatever.
0: a peace of mind type of thing. Yeah, be
1: open to the fact that most of the time it doesn't go that way. And in my right.
0: no, I think that's um, very clutch and key. What you mentioned that you can have a plan, but in the heat of the moment things can change. There could be audibles called, and so I think uh, your experience that you just shared. Um really speaks to that. Hmm. So let's go on to question number three. Let's talk about uh, I really liked this question when I thought of it last night because uh, I, I what it actually it actually wasn't in here, but I really thought about it because I think so many women and and men to uh, deal with this. So let's talk about pressure. Um so I say some women and men get it from family or feel it from social media when they see others growing their families and they're scrolling up and down. Now, knowing everything that you know now, what, what would your advice be to women that are either single and let's say they're professional women, but they really want to have children or women that are in, let's say, an unstable relationship, but also really want children? Um, what would your advice be to them? And because they're obviously very conscious of their you know biological clock ticking
1: um i it's i mean it's a very valid it's a valid question in terms of having children do you want children do you want to give birth to a child do you want to carry your own or do you want to adopt so that's a very um it's a serious question It's a question that you know you should ask sooner rather than later um for women yes the the I don't know if I should even call it unfortunate, but the way it is, is that our bodies, and I just learned this yesterday, 20 weeks gestation, we are still in our mother's womb. Mm-hmm. Women will have the max amount of eggs they will ever have. And from that point in time, it starts to go downhill, downward decline. 20 wow. weeks gestation, Courtney, not even out of the womb yet. Wow. So we get a max, and from that point it starts dying off. And so, and and they said it was like five figures a month. Wow. Every cycle, five figures, they're losing in terms of eggs. So wow. you can imagine from birth until wow. 25, 30, when your people might start entering the stage of wanting to have children, wow. how many eggs you've lost um, at that point. And so it's not just a case of is is it possible to have children past the age of 30, 40, 50 and have a healthy child? Sure. But science has proven once you pass a certain age, and I I believe they say 30, between 30, 35. Yeah. That the quality of the eggs. So it's not just how many eggs that you have, the quality of the eggs, the best chance of having a healthy baby is at risk. Right. So can you have healthy children? Absolutely you can. Mm-hmm. It just the the eggs that you're working with it lowers the chances start to decrease. And so, yeah, if you are planning on having children, definitely um, not to say rush into it if you're not in a position for it. I definitely think you need to be. This right. is something that requires like two people there, not right. two people. Obviously, you you know you can have a kid on your own, right. but two people. To be there for the health of after the baby's here, like that's right. that that's serious as well. And so, um, the simplest thing I can think of in terms of a solution would be if you're not sure, freeze your eggs.
0: Mm, right, and I have I have heard a lot of women talking about that as a as an option because one of the things that I like that we had in our one of our previous conversations is you know you and mike both come to the realization that yo this is a lot of work and having this like you knew that like we all know that but like until you're in it you, you don't really know and Never. you guys both had this kind of aha moment being like yo how do single moms single parents like how did they do it on their own right
1: no idea i i and i have help i mean you know this my aunt's been staying with us my yeah. mom come from you know montreal periodically i mean total we've probably been alone with the baby maybe three weeks and the baby's close to four months old so i mean the intense feeling of like love anger dislike a range of emotions and i wouldn't say that i went through postpartum depression So, I mean, I don't know if I were to speak to a doctor clinically, if they were to, if they would, um, you know, diagnose what I say to them as that, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I never had any feelings of wanting to harm my baby. I wasn't to want to, you know, be away from people. You know, some of those are common symptoms and experience that, but there were definitely moments where I was just, I didn't start liking my child until
0: they were about three months. Right. (laughs) Right. no, And I want you to touch on that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like why you felt that way? Because I think this is important.
1: It's 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 really I mean, yeah, it's hard to describe. You're thinking, you know, you had this nine months of this little being inside of you and you feel the kicks and you feel this bonding. And then you come out, Oh, this baby's. But I mean, immediately overnight. I mean, even yeah, okay. When you're pregnant, there are still things that you do for the baby. You stop drinking alcohol. You stay, so your life changes from then too. But man, I'm telling you, it hits you like a ton of a ton of bricks. When that child comes out, your life immediately becomes about them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: all about them. You wake up, and the first thing before you can even take a bathroom break if they're crying you all you, you almost feel like you need to go get them and sit I've done it I've sat down on the toilet with the baby in my arms and tried to pull up my underwear with one hand I mean
0: mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm.
1: it is um I'm a selfish person Corey I, am I think too I think if I got pregnant earlier, maybe I would have had less time to be selfish, and that's probably one of the the perks I would say about having a child earlier on. Mm-hmm. But the one you get, you get more set in your ways. You you mm-hmm. know you accustomed so to freedom and doing things you know when you want to do it, how you want to do it, and and not having to have to ask anybody for an like an you know approval or permission, and you just can't do that anymore. And for me, especially when it came to sleeping, I had some issues breastfeeding, um, which sucked. Um, and you know, because of formula, baby's digestive system is not matured yet. And baby had some gas issues and some wasn't the best sleeper. And it's, it's frustrating because, and this is where I had to remove myself from the mommy blogs because I'm on there and I'm seeing, oh, my baby's sleeping throughout the night Mm. hours at four weeks, you know, and I'm at four months and I still can't even get my kid to sleep more than five hours. So then again, the comparing, and you're, you know, they say don't compare, but it's hard to when you're, right. when other, when you know other children are out there doing something different. And so you're tired. My partner is the primary source of income. So, right. you know, he has to go and earn a living. And, you know, especially the moments where we didn't have help you just have this being who's just solely relying on you i'm hungry i can't eat breakfast you gotta eat you know when you do sleep you're sleeping for 20 minutes right when i'm about to go flip something and like make something for myself to eat and i just didn't like it
0: right, right.
1: in addition to the fact that they are not giving you much to work with at that age you know they're sm- any smiles you get they're involuntary they're not deliberate right <laughs> and so you're just burping, feeding, sleeping, eating, like, that's all you're doing. And there isn't much interaction.
0: Right, right, right. So
1: how do you like somebody who's who's just sucking so much and not giving you anything back to work with? You know?
0: Right. And I think I think, again, I feel like we know this intuitively, that that's what you go through. But until you go through that experience, you're just like, okay, to your point, I'm giving so much to this, this person, this human being that that came out of me that is mine but he's not he or she's not giving me anything in exchange and then you went through your entire life getting some type of exchange whether it was fair or not is something else but you're used to that and now you're giving all and not getting anything back So,
1: and
0: and so i found it really interesting when you shared that perspective because i'm like oh that's right for the first three months a baby doesn't know how to communicate because it's everything is brand spanking new right so he's learning and you're just like why don't you smile when I'm smiling? Cause he doesn't know what a smile is. So um I think that's a very interesting uh perspective. And I think that's something that a lot of uh mothers to be uh wouldn't really really think about like that. So
1: yeah, no, I've I mean I've had some conversation with some friends, and it's not until I share that perspective, because to me I'm I'm an open book mm. and like it is when it comes to you know this pregnancy what I didn't sign up for I signed up to have a baby but I signed up for all the other things because again like you know you don't know if that's going to be your right your, your situation or your journey with pregnancy right. um but it's not until I've had those conversations where I've said those things and my friends are laughing at me and then they'll be like you know what actually I, I felt like that too but I felt bad for saying it I was like why
0: mm. But you know what, the the guilt, I've heard a few women talk about the guilt that they can feel as mothers. So especially yeah. with the comparison thing, like, am I doing something wrong? Like, how is everybody else able to do it? And I can't do it. So I, I definitely, yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. So the one other thing I want to ask you about is, I remember in one of our previous conversations, you had brought it up. So when it comes to like close family, uh, friends, uh, relatives asking the question, you know, when are you going to have babies? What perspective would you like to what 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 perspective would you like them to to really consider? Because there's something that you mentioned um, early on that, you know, who knows if we're trying or not. Right. And oh, yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny because my parents never pressured me to mm-hmm. have, get married or have kids. I didn't culturally for us. I mean, I don't know about other jamaicans but in Uh, like for my immediate family um it was never something my mom put a lot of emphasis on right um when mike and i got married on the day of our wedding more than one of his family members came up to me Mm -hmm. i had never met them a day in my life before and they came up to me and after saying congratulations the next words out of their mouth was so when do we expect like when is a baby now time to work on a baby and I was just I'm I have a very bad poker face mm. like you know I kind of Jamaican
0: so like,
1: yeah and then you know finally I kind of went up to Mike I pulled him aside and I said to me if one more of your family member comes up to me especially if they're a woman I'm going to be saying to them no problem let me your uterus and I'm long. glad that no one did for me to have to say that because that would have been uncomfortable <laughs> but at the same time I'm saying If And it's okay for you, you know, my aunt, if she wants to come to me and say, so were you and Mike planning on having children? It's a totally normal question. Mm -hmm. I think unless you've had someone explicitly express that they don't want children, that it's safe to assume if they've been together for a long enough period of time, or if they're married, that it's something they're trying for and maybe it just hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. So to me, I just feel safe to assume if it doesn't happen in the time frame you think is the time frame it should be happening in, then it's a possibility that maybe it's just something that I'm experiencing some difficulty with. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I say that is because, I mean, Mike and I yes. I mean, I come from a, a, a very, my mom's a very religious background and I kind of strayed away from it for a little bit and just being a little bit of a wild child. And so I was, I was, there weren't, there were moments where Mike and I weren't being like safe and, mm-hmm. you know, there was a moment where I thought to myself, I wonder if I can have children come home. like, why haven't I had any surprises, you know, because mm-hmm. you that that stuff it happens regularly mm-hmm. often because we weren't trying i didn't think it was something i needed to go take and like have a look at and mm-hmm. so you know even when i would have my regular checkups with the doctor they would say um when i'd ask him about it um he's a one who discovered me when my mom was pregnant with me so he's been in our mm-hmm. family for he a years. long time yeah. so i am comfortable enough with him and when i asked him he said to me if you've been trying for a year and you're not having any like success, then come in and we'll see, see a, um, a specialist. Right. But I mean, it's it's just not your business. Right. If you're close enough to me, you can have that conversation with me once. I'll set the record straight. After right. that, you don't need to bring it up again. And I think it's really insensitive for you to bring that up not knowing a you know do we want to have kids if we do want to have kids and i've also had a friend who was saying they didn't want to have kids right and upon further questioning just us having an intimate moment found out that she was having difficulty having kids and she found it easier to say she didn't want them to kind of just ward off all of these like questions that were you know kind of flying at her Right. And so it's just it's unfair. It puts people in a really uncomfortable position. It it brings up emotions in them that they have to fight to hide from you right. because they don't want to look weak or sad or maybe even explain what's going on. They shouldn't have to. So it's something that a lot of people should be a lot more sensitive right. um, to and mind your business.
0: All right. And I, you know what? I, I love the fact that you shared that because it's something that I never even thought about and you think about it like it happens all the time, and, and to what I said earlier, it's not, they they mean well behind the questions. Sometimes there's a, there's a little bit of pressure behind it, of course, but you don't know what that person is going through. And now by you asking that question, you could be triggering certain emotions. So I think it's something, I'm glad that you brought that up because it's something I think we all should be mindful of. One, not everyone wants to have children. Two, not everyone is, in a position to have children in in a very efficient way. Let's just call it that. So, no, I thought that was a a great perspective. Um, So the last question here, uh, what is the most valuable lesson you believe you've learned from being a new mother thus far?
1: There's a couple. Mm -hmm. And the first one I would say is like, give yourself like, Give yourself the grace to just be to experience the feelings you're feeling, mm. not feel bad about it. Um don't sit there wallowing it, wallowing in it either. Um, you know, say I'll give myself 15 minutes to say all the negative thoughts and feelings I'm having right now. Mm. After that, put your timer on, and after those feelings, okay, fifteen minutes is gone. Let me try and now be positive. You know, the negative feelings, we will have them. If you have to give yourself two of those or three of those a day, that's okay too. But,
0: right.
1: um, you know, give yourself the grace to go through those feelings and not feel guilty about it. Um. And then the second thing I would say is, there's nothing you can do or read or hear that will prepare you for the actual experience mm. once once you're in it it's just yeah there's it, just nothing that can prepare you for it and it's not that's not i don't say to scare anybody out, out mm. of wanting to have children um totally a blessing absolutely but yeah there's just nothing like it it's kind of like you know okay are you theoretically you went in school you studied to be a lawyer but until you're fighting your first case now you're in it it's now you have to put all those kind of those things into practice and you even come up with things that or encounter things that maybe you don't remember learning in school or you know and so it's the same thing you can read all the books that you want to but until you're in it and I'll give you a primary uh, an example Um, I've had a lot of opinions but one of them was about the soothers. You know, I don't want my mm-hmm. child depending on a soother, and so no, I'm not going to give my child a soother. And I'm like, <laughs> I got like 20 of them in my
0: house, Corey,
1: <laughs> on every floor. Where's the soother at? <laughs> Stick mm-hmm. that thing to the baby's mouth. And and I mean, I can break him out of it when he's a year old, but now I can see the value of it right now. Right. Right. It's so so like there's there's and that's just a a small thing that people develop opinions on. And when they see their friends with kids, oh, I'll never do that or no, not me. And then when you're in it, it's totally different. So, yeah, it's 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 way there is nothing Anyone can say or do, or I don't care if you babysat for 17 years. I don't care if you were an auntie who was around, like, it's just not the same when you are not the one who is responsible in terms of having to wake up every day and think, What well, what am I going to do? What do I need to do around this baby?
0: Right, right, right. And I think you've already answered this, but I'm going to ask just in case there's something else. But if you could only give one piece of advice to young women who are considering having a child, what would that one piece of advice be? So they haven't had a child yet. They're considering it. What do you think that would be? if they really, really
1: want a child, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, I would, are they in a, are they in the space to welcome that child and take care of the child the way that need to be they need to take care of the child and and that to me I feel would be extremely hard to do without us without a a father present
0: you know what I should release this on father's day because I think um I think what you just said was so funny because um I just had this thought this flash thought last night I think I was watching something on Netflix and the thought that came to mind is. Yes, I love women empowerment. I'm all about women having their own independence and being able to not need a man in their life all for that. But let's not confuse that with not having a father present in the household. Granted, if the guy messed up and he's dirty and he's not clean, that's a separate situation. But let's not undermine the presence of having a father figure for both, not just a son, but also a daughter. I think, you know, that's an invaluable experience. And you're talking to someone who grew up without a father figure in the household. So I know a few things or two, because I know later on in life, when I was around men my age, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger, and they knew how to do certain things. And I'd ask them like, oh, how did you learn how to do that? Well, you know, when I was 16, my dad used to take me here. Well, you know, having yeah. that consistent father-like presence whether you be biological or not I think is is something that um, unfortunately in our communities undermined for very many reasons but yeah yeah
1: yeah and aside from from that angle of it I just feel like for the wellness of the child like Mm. for the wellness of the mom melt for the wellness of the dad I mean like just any this is not this is not a one-man job and 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 there is something to be said i mean yes my aunt is here you know a couple of days ago she's I'm, I'm gonna go visit my my girlfriend i don't plan on being there for more than an hour and she was gone the whole day now i i i i'm glad she was gone she's been here taking care of of my baby you know when right. i need help but it's not her responsibility right volunteering it's my husband and I's responsibility and so when and I know not you know like you said you can have a man that's there but they're not really you know pulling their their load but I mean it's the best shot that you this
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in and and the most the range of emotions that a a mother will go through um in dealing with just the flood of emotions that you experience when you are um dealing with a newborn man i can understand why you have parents who might smother yeah. a child or like yeah. you know yeah. me, I think i think that those chances go down when you have a partner there not help but someone who right. feels as equally as they're they're responsible for this human being as as you are
0: no and i think the way we just ended that is perfect and it's beautiful so Maya, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence.
1: Thanks um, for having me.
0: Guys, that concludes this episode. You guys heard some gems, some nuggets if you want to get into motherhood. There's, <laughs> just like anything in life, there's, you got to take the good with the bad. They, they come together. It's to a package, the yin and the yang. And as I, as I like to always end with, you know, if you want to impress people, talk about your wins and the highlights and the successes. But if you really want to have an impact, on people's lives talk about the things that that you fail at talk about the things that discourage you and how you work through them that's how you really have an impact on someone's lives and maya kind to thank you so much again for for sharing your experience thus far and look forward to hearing all the other stories as as kai kai uh grows up and turns into uh, a young man peace and love guys we are out